Welcome to Bunta Vista episode 86. Um, that's not 86 like killing something, you know? You know when they say something's been 86'd? No. That's the thing. You've never heard that, that expression before? I've heard Americans say that. Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to admit to it. Um, it's not like being deep sixed as well, I suppose. Um, or my being, name is uh, Andrew. Seal team sixed, if you're seal a team six, yes. uh, My name is Andrew. I'm here with my friends Ben. Hey, hello. Hello. And Theo. Howdy doody. Howdy. Mm. Howdy. <laughs> Just giving do- that How is your duty? That's um, not bad. Oh, don't. Well, thinking of Urban giving it a wash soon. Urban Dictionary oh. tells us that uh, to be 86th get rid of originally for killing someone the phrase 80 miles out and six feet deep was reserved for someone who had to dig their own grave 80 miles from civilization <laughs> and then get shot execution style oh if that's really the origin of that that is phenomenal that's a lot isn't it yeah it feels but, like it's one of those things that people have done after the fact that are way cooler than the actual thing but hmm. yeah who knows yeah, i think that's fair um, so there you go, folks. That's that's all the knowledge we've got for you for the day. Thank you for listening in. We'll uh, just wrap it up here. Like and subscribe. <laughs> that's and that's why we're not YouTubers. <laughs> we just cannot nail that. We cannot nail it. I keep trying. Please, <laughs> grab and subscribe. Please, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I can't dear. do it. I keep trying. Well, you keep hanging in there, and one day you too will be able to hopefully um, get like five cents per 6,000 impressions of your videos or whatever. I don't know. It's probably Good not dream. that much. It's probably a lot less than that. Look, I know that everybody comes here for for a bit of comedy, for the laughs, for the lols, if you will. I won't. You, yeah, absolutely and I'm not will. going to. <laughs> I cannot and I will not. I know people come here for fun, but uh, but today we have we have some breaking news. Now, like I said, I know that uh, normally we're known for our japes, we're known for our fun, but not everything goofs. is fun. We're known for our goofabouts. Not everything is fun capers. in this life. Capers, um, capers, japes, hijinks, spoofs, frolics. Um, Comedic uh, vignettes <laughs> Cavorting Do we do any cavorting? Gambling But the Oh but the B- B-O-L B-O yeah Yep Yep um, Yeah All these things And more We're known for But Not everything in life Is all peaches and cream All uh, Roses and seals Biscuits and gravy Biscuits and gravy mm. Have you got one Theo? Uh, no. <laughs> <clears throat> Not everything is all fun and games. We have a sad announcement for you today, folks. You see, some friends of the show that we spoke about back on episode 72 made an announcement today. Was it that long ago? Because it feels like a lifetime. <laughs> feels like only yesterday. We I don't saw know if I can even hear you say it, to be honest. I've got some heartbreaking right. news. How long does this music go before it? It's going to it's, it's go the rest loop. of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> heartbreaking news this, today. Rip this band-aid off. Rip it off like a, 
One of those nair strips. Okay. All on. Yep. Okay. We have announced that the Warnable Radio Show, Monkey and the Big Fella, will not be continuing in 2019. <sighs> it hurts me to say it. You know, to, just for me personally, I can't even say the words monkey or big fella without putting an end between them. Other than just then, when I use or instead. Oh, it's heartbreaking it, stuff. It's hard to imagine that out there in the world there is a monkey and then without in a his big fella. In the world. Without his big fella. Without Sans his big fella. big fella. And a monkey without a big fella. What even is that? It's like big without foot. It's just a monkey. It's just a monkey. Oh, there's the music center now. Okay, back. <laughs> we have a we have a press release here from uh, the standard. <clears throat> Warnable radio show hosts Coast FM's Matthew Monk and Maddie Stewart no longer together. Warnable's popular radio show hosts have parted ways. Ace radio station manager Peter Hedden said due to quote unforeseen circumstances Matthew Monk and Maddie Stewart would no longer feature on Coast FM's breakfast program Mr. Hedden said both were still employed by the radio station uh, quote the two boys are still employed by us he said the circumstances are such that they will not be working together on the breakfast show that happens in radio and that happens in life that is so true it's so true so true really makes you think Mr. Hedden said said a new breakfast show would begin called Monkey in the Morning. (laughs) Oh, I'm laughing to keep from crying, folks. It used to be when people would say that Australians have no culture. (laughs) I would point proudly to Monkey and the Big Fella. We can only hope... The monkey in the morning continues to do us proud. It's just going to be a sad time hearing a monkey in the morning with no big fella. No big fella. Now, I just, I can't imagine, all right, that you, it's a Monday morning and you've, you've woken up, you've done all of your necessaries, you've gotten into the car and, you know, you're a bit blue. You hate your job, you hate your boss, you feel dissatisfied. You feel like you're on a fucking treadmill. You're going nowhere. But every morning, you know your two best friends in the whole goddamn world. They've always been there for you. Always been there. They're always going to be doing mild jokes at each other's expense. Occasionally doing prank calls, maybe. Uh, Always there to pick you up. Always there to play the right sound effect at the right moment. And then... A voice comes on the radio and he says, hey, it's Monkey. And you wait. But, and it's me, the big fella, never comes. It's heartbreaking. Tragic stuff. You just keep driving. You go right past work and you just drive your car straight into the beach. Straight into the ocean. (laughs) Like that one James Bond movie. Except Except it's not like the James Bond car. It never turns into a a boat, a submarine car. No, it's the regular kind where the windows (laughs) don't open once they become inundated with water. Oh, dear. Now, look, this, as you would imagine, this has not been received well. Uh, The report 
concludes that at about 1pm on Monday, Coast FM announced the changes on its Facebook page. It prompted a massive response with 128 heavily moderated comments in 38 minutes before the post was taken down. Censoring the people as they express their dismay at the dissolution Side of the, note, the ultimate team. 128. It's just very specific. To my it mind. It is very specific. That's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Theo, but I believe 128. Now that's... That's uh, one of the one of the powers of two. Am I that's, right? That's right. It's one of one of the famed um, quad numbers. Is that two to the two to the eight? No, two to the seven. It would well, be two, two to, to the chat. seven. We're here that's to do that's numbers. right. Mm. Now it's also prime. Can I? That's certainly not true. Can I drag us away from the numbers talk for a second? I know you fellas get very if you, hung up. If you must. Hung up on your numbers. I want to address the uh, the the 800-pound monkey in the room. And we're not talking about big fella or monkey. Or the monkey himself, <laughs> Matthew Monk. No. It's, you really could go either way with that, to be honest. No, that's right. Now, so so they've parted ways, which happens in radio and in life. But it's Never due to, it's due to unforeseen circumstances. They will no longer feature on the breakfast program. They're both still employed there. They will both be featuring on separate radio shows. <laughs> I'm wondering... Which who, one fucked the other fucked one's yeah. wife? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Who fucked whose wife in this scenario? Um, <sighs> you know? Who, who touched whose banana? You know what I'm saying? To my mind, my money's on Big Fella. Oh, my my money's absolutely on Big Fella. Oh, for sure. We've all seen the photos. Uh-huh. He's, of course, five feet tall, and we know where the name comes from. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Tragic times. Tragic times in the world of Australian media. Of yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'd like to apologize to listeners that to start on such a down note mm. is maybe not great. Um <sighs> Let's try and pull ourselves together, and um, let's try and move past this. I know that I don't know. Just pour one out for the the big fellas. That's all we're saying. And the monkeys. And the monkeys. Yep. Hmm. Pour one out for him. R.I.P. to Monkey and the Big Fella, uh, which I assume ran from let's say 2016. You know how like everyone's one of the main characters from Sex in the City. Like, I'm a Miranda, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a monkey or a big fella? Yeah, I believe that everyone is a monkey or a big fella. You're mm. a monkey. You're a monkey for sure. I always thought of myself as a big fella. Really? Yeah, up until just now. And now I'm starting <laughs> to think that maybe I am a monkey. <laughs> you're, very, you're very relaxed. I um, have been eating a lot of snacks since I saw you last. Mm. I feel like a bigger fella in my person. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I think of you as a big fella uh, in that you have a physically intimidating presence and just a big personality. Well, um, you'll be pleased to know I've also been hitting the gym. Mm. I'm aiming to become an even bigger fella. When are those gym selfies happening again? Because those were some of the highlights of my week. Oh, spicy stuff. You were getting into some very incredibly acrobatic poses by the end there. Oh, that's right, when I used to climb the walls of the locker room. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm surprised you forgot that. That's a throwback. I had completely forgotten that. Um Yes. So as soon as as soon as I actually look shredded or something, I'll get right on that. Are you but, gaining or shredding currently? Uh who could say? Who Ooh. could say? I'm just I'm going and I'm lifting weights. Mm. I'm uh drinking those protein shakes. Doing a doing a Sounds quick like five, you're going for the gains. Doing a quick five K on the bike when, Ooh, I'm, that's when shredding. I'm done. Yeah, so um, which one is it? You know, so you shred knows? gaining. Yes, yes. As you can tell, I have a great understanding of the things that I'm doing. <laughs> no, I prefer this approach because I'm terrified by the way people boil it down to a science. I'd rather someone just be like, "Yeah, I started lifting trees in a paddock, and then now my body is great." Uh, other than someone strength. being like, "Well, I've got like a ten-day macro shred, uh, and then I'll be going into a sort of." hypersonic gains period mm. I don't like that that's intimidating that's what keeps me away from uh, organized exercise oh, I'll, I'll never be dedicated enough to be doing any of the like counting your, your grams of protein and your, your calories and your macros and all that sort of shit all, 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 the, all the meal prep that people do as soon as it gets to the point where it's like you have to just stop enjoying food and think of it purely as a very specific source of fuel there's a guy at my work there's a guy at my work who eats the same meal at lunchtime every day and it is like a container of um you know just like uh, just the the frozen vegetable medley Mm -hmm. that you get from the supermarket it's just that that stuff in a container um with i think there's like some chickpeas in there maybe and then he just empties several cans of tuna into it and stirs it up and eats it every day. Same meal every day. That is and extremely depressing to me. It's it was, uh, so depressing. It's one of those it's just one of those things that makes me fucking hate offices, you know? There was a, a period in my life where I had a very unhealthy relationship with my body and my weight. And the only meal I was eating in the day, so I was eating one meal. I was doing an absurd amount of running during the day that at night I would fill basically like those big metal mixing bowls. I would fill one of those with just rocket leaves and tuna. God. It was not a great time in my life, uh, but not, nothing really positive I can say okay. about that, actually. Yeah. Um, a guy, a, a different guy, this is a different guy in my work who does not look like he is um, eating for some specific getting shredded diet. But this guy is eating uh, the same thing every morning. He comes into work and then makes himself uh, breakfast in the office kitchen. And what he does every day is he puts a piece of toast in the toaster and then he microwaves an egg in the microwave in like a special microwaving an egg cup thing. Um, and then he gets like a, th- a thing of, I think, tuna. And then he gets a, a squeezy bottle of peri-peri flavored mayonnaise. Ooh. And then he mashes all of this shit up together and puts it on the toast. Hmm. And that's what he eats for breakfast every goddamn day in that place. Just the stinkiest combo of stuff. Yeah, for, for starters, it, it should be... Absolutely a crime to eat breakfast at your desk. Um, Agreed. 
Particularly a strange, else. like, hot tuna and egg-based mm. breakfast that you have made <laughs> in the office. I didn't know what the I didn't know what the sauce was, and I like said something about it the other day, and someone was like, "What kind of sauce are we talking here?" And I had to go to the fridge and look, and I was like, "Oh, it's worse than I thought." I don't want to be all. I don't want to sound like one of those people that are the punchline of a white people be like tweet. Uh, but that peri peri mayo, fucking fantastic. Go wild for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Chuck that on some chippies. Oof, heaven. Delicious stuff. Welcome to Bunta Vista, the uh, <laughs> show where we talk about uh, Monkey and the Big Fella and what people in the office were eating. This uh, is something of an embarrassing admission on my part, um, but I was reading an article recently about how to do a good podcast, and it wasn't for the purposes of being like, <laughs> we need to make this your a good craft. podcast. Yeah, Someone oh, had... You, you were just stressed out at night, like, we got to stop fucking this up. What, am I, what do I Google? What do no, I Google? Someone had put this on Twitter, and then it was one of those things where they're kind of baiting you by being like, this is all the things you're doing wrong on your podcast. And I was like, oh, I'm going to read this and feel <laughs> shit about myself. But I read it anyway, and their, like, big takeaway from it was that at the start of the episode, you should very clearly say who everyone is and what the podcast is about, like what Ooh. you do, because Uh-oh. you're always, you should be expecting to have new listeners all the time, which I don't think we are. Uh, but also... I feel like we just stopped thinking about that at some point. Yeah, 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 no, I feel like we've got the listeners we need. We've got the right <laughs> ones. We have let the right ones in. Yeah, if you, are, if you plan on not listening to the show anymore, please fill an exit survey. We will find a new listener... To interview and take your place. Mm. Yes. Yeah, One absolutely. listener out, a new listener in. Yeah, it's a very it's a very careful balance that we If maintain. you're listening to the podcast now and you uh, didn't consult another listener on the way out, uh, you have actually jumped the queue. Yes. Um, yes. You should not be listening to the you podcast. You should not Please be listening to the podcast. We will send you to uh, Podcast Island. <laughs> This is a good segue that you're working on here. All right. And uh, Actually, just a side note. Oh, yeah, dude. Had a, a big bet on doing Podcast Island as a reality TV show this week. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Great minds. See, mm. I was going to say that I had been listening to um, a different podcast of some friends of the show, uh, QAnon Anonymous. Oh, I've been meaning to listen to that. I haven't done it yet, though. Well, um, well, I, I believe that there is soon to be a, soon to be a surprise. Soon to be a, a merging of the Bunta Vista and QAnon Anonymous and Trash Future Universes. You have said QAnon Anonymous flawlessly every time you said it. And I feel like, as I did just then, I would stumble over it every time. Oh, you're making me very tense about it now. No, but you um, did it beautifully. I was complimenting you. You're doing great. But they're, they're a relatively new again. show. Relatively new show, QAnon Anonymous. Oh, and... Beautiful. I uh, have been listening to some of their show and was immediately like, oh, these guys are putting a lot of effort in. (laughs) They they tell you you who everybody is. They tell you what the show's about. And they've got like, you know, musical interlude. They very clearly recorded a bunch of separate segments where where they have a point, you know. Mm. And I was like, oh. Oh. I, I, I don't. I think maybe describing... That other podcasts are better might be a terrible idea. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, we're We've definitely got a trying. We've got a thing. We've got Please, a thing going. Thank you for hanging around with us. We appreciate it very much. If you're still listening. Um, if you are. If you're not. Well, see, the, our issue was packing the, the front of the show. They've heard the news about Monkey and Big Fella. Yeah, well. And they're out. Look, look. You mean they're too depressed to, to finish listening to a podcast? 
Look, I'll say I'll say this just before we move on because um, it might all get a little too inside baseball for some people. I uh, love baseball. Just just when it comes to the whole part of like telling everybody who you are and what the show's about it maybe we could make a bit more effort to do that the, mm. the one thing I feel like the one thing I can't get on board with that much is the like uh, even though I think a lot of our listeners would probably have found us via Twitter I still can't bring myself to be like this is who I am on Twitter and this is who Ben is on Twitter, and that's where you can find. But it's gone the wrong. Di- it's gone the wrong direction, right? Say like if they've... any of our Twitter names out loud ever, mm. I can't. No, ever. I can't. Although somebody somebody did just tell me on Twitter the other day that they have just followed me because they've been listening to the podcast this whole time, thinking that. Um, sorry, they've been following you on Twitter, Ben, thinking that you were me on the podcast. Oh yeah, which I is, do remember them saying that. Which uh, I wonder. If someone got unfollowed in the process, will they figure that out? Like if there was a switch there. <laughs> oh, sorry, I am out. Peace. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, so, folks, if on your exit survey you could just say what information you really would have liked uh, about the show, I don't know. Maybe we could put. But in I mean, effort. I think that kind of is my larger point. Well, it's not large. I mean, what would we say? Um, Australian well, politics. Welcome to Punta Vista. Mm-hmm. Was we. We usually sometimes recap, I guess, Australian political news. Yep. And then we go around the table just saying, so out of like 10, how depressed are you today? And I'm like nine. How much do you hate the Australian political landscape? Mm. Yep. Um, How depressing is it? Do you ever see a way out? Um, uh, Although sometimes we don't do that at all. Sometimes we we cover things and we, we... try to take them seriously as a subject and we get people on who are subject matter experts who know more about us and we ask them some pretty straightforward questions um other times we just talk for 20 minutes about like diarrhea that we got <laughs> from bad hungry jacks or something you just you don't it's hard to say exactly where we're going to go that's all well look i've already all. made my feelings about the hungry jacks vegan burger very clear you won't find me getting diarrhea from hungry jacks anytime soon <laughs> That's because your system has adjusted to it so well. (laughs) And your diarrhea is always very discreet, Ben. You're absolutely right. If anything, I would say I have the most private bowel movements of the podcast. My goodness. We don't have to dig into this again. Uh, Not for the hundredth time. And welcome to Buena Vista. Uh, (laughs) If you have... if, If you have suggestions for uh, <laughs> how we could introduce a podcast at the start of the podcast, every podcast. Mm. Uh, feel free to tweet them at Andrew. Uh, yes. Tweet them at... I just said I was never going to say them out loud before. I'll do it. Well, That's you know right. what Andrew's ad is. Uh, tweet can, them at him. Don't well, tweet you, you them can, at... You can tweet them at the Bunta Vista account. No, right? no, no. Bunta just directly oh, at fine. Andrew. Fill up okay. his mentions. Right. And if it's over one tweet long, be sure to thread that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, please do give me an itemized list of what would make sense to say at the front of the podcast. If if you would like us to brief you on the subjects we're going to cover, I think well, some people like might like to, to be surprised. I I'm honestly I hope people are just along for the ride because um, I think to assume that we know what we're going to talk about, like in broad sense, is very presumptuous. <laughs> Hey, speaking of Australian politics that depresses us all. Mm, and diarrhea. Oh, and boy. Diarrhea. Hot, the hot mess of diarrhea known as 
the government, am I right? There's clowns in the Senate. Clowns so, are in the circus. Uh, I think we're I think we're dealing with the House of Representatives today as well, not the Senate, so mostly incorrect. Still think about those clowns. Uh, so we've had a bit of, a bit of argy bargy this week around Australia's horrible draconian um, asylum seeker policies. Ben, would you like to maybe maybe in- introduce us here to this Medivac bill? Oh, I would absolutely love to. Go crazy about. Um, so maybe just for some context for international listeners, uh, when I say international listeners, I largely mean Americans. Uh, yeah. So there are other countries. There are other countries. Yeah, but I mean, most of those other ones, they generally know what's going on in the rest of the world. Um, so you remember how I'm speaking to the audience here. You remember how uh, there was a, a huge uproar because uh, families were being detained and children were being detained uh, in these horrible facilities. Uh, we do that all the time out in the open on these remote islands that we are uh, bribing with uh, aid money uh, to run offshore prisons for us and mm-hmm. we've known about it all along and both parties have been doing it all along and there are frequent attempts at self-harm. Uh, the There have been just unbelievable numbers of children getting diagnosed with resignation syndrome, which uh, you should definitely Google if you want to make yourself feel horribly depressed. Uh, they are these really, really, really horrible places and our government is doing anything they can to keep them there. Now, the medical facilities on the islands, well, mostly on Nauru, because we shut down, but have sort of... Well, we shut down one of the other facilities, but we still have people there. It's very, very confusing. We have horribly inadequate medical facilities. They have a large number of medical staff there. This is So this is a point one of our politicians has made, that we have a lot of medical staff over there at a higher rate per capita than we do in the country over here, but that's because nearly everyone on that island is suicidally depressed. Hmm. Uh, they also have other physical health problems in addition to psychological health problems, and there's been it's been at a crisis point for years now uh, and because they're receiving inadequate health care over there what aid groups have been doing has been suing the Australian government to get court injunctions to bring uh, asylum seekers and refugees over to Australia mostly to Brisbane for treatment um, and this has been going on for ages and oftentimes the government has been fighting it at an enormous expense to the country to stop them from going over here to get the treatment that they need. Uh, and as an attempt to address this, uh, one of our independents, I believe, yeah, Karen Phelps is an independent. Mm-hmm. Um, she introduced a private member's bill with a bunch of other people to make it so that if two doctors uh, were treating uh, a, an asylum seeker in detention and they decided that they needed to be flown to Australia to get medical care, they could. Uh, that was basically, that's the crux of the bill, right? We should we should note, like, uh, unless you did just know this five seconds ago, we should note that there are people over there who have died, but like as a result of having a broken leg. Mm. There's, yeah, there's just people who've had a leg broken, just a, a completely treatable thing. 
where they have fucked up the treatment of these people so bad and neglected them this guy got sepsis that also then went untreated uh, and they kept refusing to transform him for, for so long that it got to a point where they said that this guy's about to die and then they finally transferred him and then he died. So that's the kind of inadequacy of care that we're talking about really. Yeah, and we've had similar cases where people that have had a, a history of self-harm have eventually killed themselves over there and they've never been given the treatment that they actually needed, right? The government's just not providing it for them. They kicked uh, Doctors Without Borders off the facility very recently. It looks is like a- there are some borders now. Jeez. You'd wow. You get, get what I, I do. mean. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh and so they introduced this bill uh, it needed to pass through the House of Representatives uh, to for something to pass in the House of Representatives uh, it needs a majority vote our government holds uh, 73 of the 150 seats is that correct? anyone? yes so they've got a minority government uh, but they still, through cross branches, are generally able to pass legislation. Uh, but on this bill, Labor, the Greens, and five of the six cross benches, so all of them minus fucking dickhead Bob Catter, all voted for this. So they, there was a lot of back and forth. Labor and the Greens wanted a different thing for it. But eventually, everyone compromised and we got this bill. And it means doctors are basically able to say hey you have to treat this person and then they are taken away to be treated revolutionary stuff we can all agree what a wild idea fucking crazy and the government as a result just fucking melted down uh now i believe ben this is the first time that a law has been passed against the will of the current government in approximately 7,000 years? Uh, yeah, 7,500. Um, That's many people have been quick to point out. Yeah, mm-hmm. so people were loving this the other day, uh, and it is first, fun. First time in, actually, first time in 80 years, I think. Uh, uh, it was 60... Split the difference. 78? 78 years. Uh, closer, closer so to 80. Closer everyone to 80, was saying... Uh, <laughs> everyone was saying that it was the last time the government... Uh, lost a vote on a legislative bill. One of their own legislative bills was 1929, but as the Twitter account for the House of Reps corrected everyone, it's actually 1941. Oh. Uh, but that was on some weird amendment, and 1929 was the last time for a substantive piece of legislation. So people have been saying that because the government doesn't have... This sort of demonstrates they don't have the mandate or the power to control legislation being passed, that they have lost their mandate right that this effectively acts as a vote of no confidence it should be i think probably worth mentioning that on friday it was pretty um first no it was sorry it was wednesday my apologies um it's pretty wild ride where um initially there was um i i believe provisions in there for um compensation uh, yes. for refugees which made it a supply bill uh and if supply bill uh fails to pass um then um, it's it's a trigger for a um, a constitutional crisis. Absolutely, uh, and so there was a lot of sort of back and forth uh, about oh what oh what does this mean? Which I mean in the, in the end it would have just meant that the election was called a tiny bit earlier than you know the almost 
you know, now that's been called uh, kind of deal that we're in now. But um, yes, there was a lot of kind of hullabaloo about it on the day. Yeah, but the, uh, the solution to that was they decided that the doctors that sit on the panel will not be paid. So there was no money involved in it, so it's no longer a supply bill, which averted all of that. Uh, one of the, the fun quirks of this was that it almost didn't make it through the Senate after it had to go back there because of all the amendments because of the infamous pedophile namer Darren Hinch, <laughs> uh, which meant we got to experience the fun <laughs> series of words, Darren Hinch receives emergency security briefing. Uh, <laughs> it just, yeah, he's a talk show host who somehow became a politician. It's wild. Um, but, talk back but, host, I should say. But... As, as many shit moves as Hinch has made over the years when he was presented with the information around this thing, despite the fact that the government were already lurching into, like, full-bore scare campaign mode about this, saying they were saying things ranging from we're going to reopen Christmas Island um, because we think there's going to be so many more people smugglers coming here now because of this law being passed... Um, they were saying, oh, if, if people can get brought over to Australia to be treated when they're sick, then it means that all these pedophiles and rapists there will be will be claiming they're sick so that they can get brought over and they'll be and coming into the country. They're still saying this, by the way. Like Matthias yeah. Corman said oh, ab- exactly absolutely. that yesterday. And, and, um, and Hinch said, that's not what the law says, though. That's not what this law says. This yeah. law says that if somebody is like a, a, you know, violent offender or if they are a convicted criminal or if they are, you know, a suspected security risk or whatever, then they can't come over. Like it's in, it's in the legislation. Yeah. It's and like so they're just trying to scare the shit out of people. Yeah. He got his briefing on the security risk from the security agencies and he was like, oh, no, it's fine. And then I uh, went through the Senate. And so it passes. And then uh, temporary Prime Minister Scott Morrison goes fucking hog wild. He, he comes out of the gate and he says that, uh, you know, this has messed everything up. This is going to bring a, a, a flood of boats. All of this is on Bill Shorten's head. Every death at sea, every arrival, that's on him. We've got all these contingency plans in place in case this is going to happen. Uh Dutton says the same thing. He goes on 7.30 that night and he says, this is it. This is opening the door for all these criminals to come in. Uh, And this is the line everyone is taking, right? Um, Mm -hmm. uh, So, Matthias Corman said exactly the same thing. Michael McCormick is saying exactly the same thing. The fucking, the deputy leader who, every time I hear his name, I'm like, oh, yeah. Of course, he's the leader of the Nationals, blah, blah, blah. If you asked me next week who is the deputy leader of the coalition and the leader of the National Party, I'd be like, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. He is the most forgettable man alive. Uh, but he's pushing this line. Uh, there's, a, there's a really great clip, which I forgot to send to you in advance. So oh, I can, I can play it now if you would like. Oh, you have it? I can do it. I'm a very capable, very Stop. capable person. Play both of them if you can, because they're both... Fucking. Would you go so far as to call them uh, dynamite? Yeah, I think I would. Okay. Can you do it in a in like a voice? Can you do I'm not like going to do the dynamite voice. JJ That's from Good Times. He's clearly racist. stalling for time. So anyway, if you could do the voice. This is, is going to be able to get 
spivs and rapists and murderers uh, onto our shores. We want people to come to Australia the right way. We don't want them to come through some via backdoor way that Bill Shorten has put in but place. But how, how will it allow rapists and murderers to come here? Because they're, 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 the bill says serious crimes would be a deal breaker and there's no one... The bill weakens where is, no, who, is, there, is there anyone there now that you know is a rapist? The, 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 the bill weakens our board. Yeah, but you've got to be factual as well. I'm sorry, like you're saying rapists and murderers will be allowed here. They won't be allowed here because the bill says serious crimes would preclude that. That's wrong what you said. What, you admit that? What Labor says and what Labor... What the bill says. I'm sorry, you've got to be factual when you make the case. Do you concede that you were wrong in saying that about... No, I, no, I don't. Because I, because Have you what, not read what, the bill? What, what, of course I've read the bill. Well, what, you, you are wrong. Well, what, what worries me, what really worries me and what worries a whole lot of people out there is that the bill softens our strong border protections. Right. So this is, this is what they've been trotting out, right? Oh, criminals are going to come in. This is how it's going to happen. So the thing about the bill is it takes two or more doctors to say this person needs to be transferred. There is ministerial discretion to say you cannot transfer this person on three grounds. The first grounds is if they say, I don't agree with the medical assessment of this person. That is then referred to a separate medical panel and they have 72 hours to come back and confirm whether or not this is the case. So they can overrule that decision. The minister can be overruled on those grounds. If the minister objects, uh, what's the phrasing they use? They can make the grounds for refusal if the minister reasonably suspects that the transfer of the person to Australia would be prejudicial to security. So this is determined by uh, the ASIO Act of 1979. So this uses ASIO's guidelines for whether someone is a threat to national security. And if the minister rejects them on those grounds, it cannot be appealed. They just cannot come over. That is, it, that's it. It's done. The third ground is if they have a substantial criminal history. And if that is the case... That also cannot be overruled. That's it. That's done. They have been rejected flat out. So there is basically... The point they're making that criminals will come over is fucking insane because their own bill says that it can't. Uh, And so as they've been getting pushback on this, they've sort of tried to get into these real crazy weasel words about it by saying, I think it was Christian Porter came out and said, oh, well... Technically, because of the wording of the bill, it doesn't apply if someone has been charged or convicted but not sentenced. So, because the 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 phrasing for whether you've committed a serious crime is based on the length of the sentence you've received. So, someone that's had jail time of more than 12 months or a life sentence, I think. But But again... There's the language built into the bill that is ministerial discretion about right. all, all these things. So you, well, yeah, I you mean, could say this person went to jail for eight months for a violent crime. So no. Well, they, well, and they could also probably throw it under the ASIO provision as well. So, but the, the, the point there is that there's this tiny little wiggle room where maybe someone has had their they've been convicted, but they've somehow escaped before the sentencing hearing. Uh, but the thing about this is, is there are. Roughly 1,400 people in detention. You know, there's a a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of those that will have major criminal convictions. And then you do that percentage work again to be like, well, which ones would have been convicted but not sentenced? And it's basically no people. I I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who's uh, 
he does some reporting work at the ABC and he was saying that Dutton keeps bringing up an example and he has literally one person that that applies to of all of the people there, but they're trying to use this as their excuse for, oh, well, these are the criminals we're talking about. There's literally one guy. They can point to one guy and be like, it's him. He's the one we're talking about. That's the about. crime, man. That's the crime guy, <laughs> which is crime. nuts. So this is not the only way that they've been scaremongering. They've also been saying that uh, people are going to use this as a way to get into Australia, right? Because everything they do is all about saying it doesn't matter what happens. If you come here by boat, you will not be settled in Australia, right? It just will not happen. You will not hit Australian soil. Uh, so Tony Abbott, uh, he has said that the new labor rules mean people could get on a boat, get to Nauru, get sick and get to Australia. <laughs> making no mention of the fact that the new law did not apply to new boat arrivals. This law only applies to the current cohort. That is it. It does not apply to anyone else. But they have been out there, they have been on the fucking radio, they've been on the TV, they've been to the papers, saying that all of this shit is going to happen. And then they get challenged on it. And then the fucking goddamn Prime Minister says, wow, the people smugglers don't know the nuances of this. You guys are the fucking people out there telling them that they're going to be able to get through. It's crazy. Well, which brings us back to the to the threat, like what I I think you can only describe as a threat from um, from temporary Prime Minister Scott Morrison saying, oh, we're going to reopen Christmas Island in anticipation of more people coming here for this thing. And, yeah, and all these people were just looking at that and saying, like, yeah, you are the ones right now essentially inviting people smugglers to start up this trade again. So, yeah. that, you, so that you can intercept boats and say, see, more boats are coming here because of labor. Well, there was that, um, so that the incredible are, exchange oh, sorry, from, yeah. um, um, sorry, from, from Catherine Murphy, is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. In oh. The Guardian where, where she was interviewing Scott Morrison. And, and the point basically came down to, so what you're saying is that if more boats arrive, it's because of Bill Shorten. But if no boats arrive, that's because of your good work. And he's like, yes. It's so and she's good. like, do, do you not see the problem with holding both of those viewpoints at the same time? And he's like, no, because it's true. Oh, yeah. The, the way she's written it is so beautiful. Asked how he could say if a boat arrives, it would be Labor's fault. But if boats didn't arrive, that would be thanked to the government. Morrison said, because that's true. Because that's true. Because <laughs> that's like, true. Just like year six debate club shit from our, from our huge Photoshop shoes prime minister. Oh, it's nuts. Uh, there was... So the... Right, the whole thing is they're like, no one is coming to Australia. We want to stop people from coming to Australia. A fun thing is that Christmas Island is an Australian territory. Uh, so by announcing that they're opening up Christmas Island to move them there when they anticipate all of their extra boat arrivals, they are moving them to Australia. <laughs> uh, the This is another thing that kind of blew my mind, just that this is a title that exists. Uh, here is a quote from the ABC. Uh, but Shire of Christmas Island CEO, weird title, David Price, <laughs> said he did not see how the legislation would open up a flood of boats coming over the horizon again. He also said that the island did not have the facilities to deal with a thousand asylum seeker arrivals and transfers 
The number he said had been suggested could be sent to the reopened detention centre. We've got a hospital, but it doesn't do operations. People are medevaced out quite regularly here for medical reasons, as it's only a small regional hospital. We just wouldn't have the capacity here to deal with people coming here for medical reasons, both physically and mentally. They'd have to be airvacked off to the mainland Australia, and if that's the case, why wouldn't we airvac them off to the mainland in the first place? For the life of me, I just can't see how we would be able to handle that. Just the whole... I mean, apart from what what I think a lot of other people have been commenting on this week, which is the... just the, how how brazen the lying is about this like i know oh yeah i know that you know they're politicians and blah 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 but the extent to which they have just said ah this is a you know this is a a, a border security issue and we've got the selection coming up and we just need to go absolutely hell for leather at this thing and the suggestion that everybody is going to die if if you know this bill gets passed or as a result of this bill getting passed the the extent to which like you said they've had all of their ministers out there just telling flat out bald-faced lies to journalists and to be fair i feel like it's not actually that often that you see what's been happening this week which is journalists turning around to them and saying that is not true the yeah. thing that you are saying, right? Like those, es- like those clips. Especially of- on Sky News. Well, yeah. If you can't get a good reception on Sky News, well, you, the, you've really fucked up, I think. It was daytime Sky News. It was daytime, news, so, yeah. yeah. That's right. They sweep everyone out at, at 6 p.m. It was daytime Sky News. Buckets. And, um, like, you know, we, we've played clips on here before of, like, when David Spears was interviewing that guy in the run-up to the um, Victorian election about... Mm, about the coal, yeah, coal about their, um, about their power investment, policies, maybe. He was just like... I don't know, <laughs> but, which is extremely good. But um, yeah, but yeah, it, like like that. It's and good the, that they're getting called out on it, but it also doesn't stick. They're, I don't know. I'm sure people that are very no. online would have seen that there was a transcript floating around of Catherine Murphy uh, from the Guardian, just straight up saying to Scott Morrison, "Look, a bunch of your senior ministers have been straight up lying. How can this happen?" And he just brushed it off. And the same with that that clip from Michael McCormick. He could not have hammered it home anymore. There's another clip there as well where... So, it's Kieran Gilbert and... Laura Jays. Yeah, Jays, yeah. And they're both like, no, 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 no. No, the text of the bill says that that can't happen. They keep repeating to him that the other doctors can't override the second and third uh, exemption criteria. And he's like, oh, well, you know, they could if they really wanted to. And they're like, no, 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 the bill says that they can't. And it doesn't stick. It doesn't matter. They they just bulldoze through it and it's fine. It's what happens with Trump. He like, just lies. You can fact check him all he want, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You but just I say th- the words. I it doesn't think matter. I think though, the only the only reason that I guess it's interesting to me there was there was another thing with Catherine Murphy where like I just saw a little screenshot with subtitles of her saying something which was um about this stuff where she had said like but that's the thing though, it's not an opinion, it's a fact about something. Um but yeah, like I, I guess it's sort of interesting that that like I guess Australian journalists even are at a point where they're just like the thing you are saying to me right now is categorically untrue, and uh, I, I think that generally speaking, we don't really see a lot of that in Australian yeah. politics. I don't know if that is partly because um, you know they're they're very. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed, but 
I think we're all assuming that they're going to lose the next election, in which case it probably stops being so much of a concern access journalism-wise to say, hey, you're very clearly just clutching at straws and lying to people at this point. But also, I mean, what, what Catherine Murphy was asking about in her question to Scott Morrison was, you know, we understand that currently it is a huge problem in Australian life that, that there is just massively eroded trust in public institutions, especially politicians. Like, pe- people just have completely lost all faith in, in the ability of politicians to do anything in any kind of good faith. And you've got all your senior ministers out here telling flat-out lies about this stuff all week. How can you not feel that you are partly responsible for that, you know, for that coarsening of the discourse and that that erosion of trust? And he was like, well, that's not true. We're all doing good stuff. But I I don't know. I wonder, like, you you have to wonder when you see stuff like that. Every now and then you kind of go, you get a little glimmer of hope and you go, are all the journalists going to start doing this now? Mm. That'd be really good. Mm. It'd be really good if people were doing exactly that and just holding up the bill and saying, the language of the bill that is law says that that cannot happen. You are lying. Yeah. Or Unfortunately, that's not a rhetorical question and the answer is no. Yes. <laughs> but it's nice to think and dream. Yeah. You have dreams every now and then. Oh. So, I suppose um, that, that kind of leads into what happened today. Right, before we move on to that, actually, there there are two things that I'd like to say that are positives that are coming out of this mess, right? Uh, because most of this is just very frustrating and upsetting. Uh, the good news is that so far, up to 300 people is the figure that's being thrown around, but have, they've basically already had the forms ready to go in advance. They've had two medical practitioners, uh, and they've already submitted uh, their their request for this, and they will be for the most part, getting that medical treatment soon, which is very good. And this also represents a massive erosion in Labor's position on offshore detention in general. I think just from as a, a personal gut feeling about this, I think if anything represents Labor starting to crack about this, I think this might be it. Uh, again, we can hope. Are we about to come in and knock that one down again, Theo? <laughs> no, no. Um, sorry, I was going to say um, one more thing before we move on. Um, it just I thought it would be very easy and quick to, to mention. Um, the AFR um, reported this week um, that apparently um, the government contractors that run Manus oh, won Jesus the contract Christ. in a in a no-tender process. They were the only group consulted. Oh, uh, I, were the I only believe people it was invited a, to tender. Yeah, it was a private tender process private with one tender person. Process. So there was a that's, tender process. That's that's right. Very very similar to oh. the way that a un, an unknown company ended up with four hundred million dollars for the Great Barrier Reef. Um, they are they have won four hundred twenty-three million. Hmm, very. Very close numbers. Um, there for um, two years of contract work on on Manus. Um, this is a company registered to a beach shack on Kangaroo Island. Mm-hmm. Um, just just great stuff. Um, we spend sixteen hundred dollars per refugee per day um, to be on the island instead of in society um, being taken care of so just a a side note how much are those paladin employees on the island paid per day 
Oh, I'm sorry, the, the hourly rate, I believe it was, that was flagged I, in the article. I don't know. Um, was it $2 an hour, I believe, was the number? Oh God, really? Mm-hmm. So... Yet somehow we're spending $20 million a month with them. Yep. Cool. Very above board. You mentioned the very similar numbers, Theo. I think... Uh, please, please feel free to write into the show um, and tell me if I'm wrong. Uh... I, I think it's like amounts under $500 million don't have to go through the same scrutiny. Oh, yeah. It's like when you go to dinner and it, um, on the on the business <laughs> credit card and it comes in under $80. It you just sort had of, a business credit card? No. I'm <laughs> kind of just picturing a world where that <laughs> might occur. I'm uh, the secreting my way into <laughs> having an expense account. Um, my boss listens to this show, so... Um, Scott, if you can make that happen, um, that'd friend, be of the the show. friend of the show, friend of the show, Scott. <laughs> I mean, he, he just he just buys me lunch and dinner or whatever whenever we go out anyway, so it's practically the same thing. I definitely uh, do a small hesitation before bringing up my wallet if we're getting drinks for the both of us because I know he's got more the money than me, and if he offers mm-hmm. first, I'll take it. Hmm. Anyway, um, love you, Bubs. <laughs> so, so like we said, uh, relatively historic defeat for the government here like massive massive humiliation basically to to be unable to do this and as Ben they love it <laughs> love it there's little piggies little piggies love to be humiliated mm. in front of everybody um, and as as Ben suggested it's it's like dangerously close to having the governor general step in and say oh you're not actually in control of the government anymore territory mm-hmm. um because, as is the case with all of this stuff, they're constantly only like one or two votes away from losing any given thing. So, as a result of this, they only scheduled something like six or eight sitting days for the first however many months of this year. Mm-hmm. Which, again, led people to say, so, you're not going to call an early election, but you're going to deliberately schedule as few sitting days as possible in order to reduce the risk that you will not lose votes on your own legislation or on things that other people are trying to do. That's weird. Why don't you just call an election if you're like so scared of losing these votes that you would rather just not be in the building? Um, and then today, we had an even more farcical extension of that, which is on one of the very few sitting days of Parliament that the government has scheduled for this year, um, they basically just filibustered for the entirety of question time and then they extended it and continued to extend it until it had gone past the point where I think they could, uh, I think, was, I'm, I'm not clear on the specifics, but I think it's, it was about being able to have a vote on something from the Senate, basically, or de- debate a vote on something from the Senate. Um, which was that they were trying to get a vote on having on setting up a royal commission into abuse in in disability care. Um, one of those things. Why would you Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to help all those people who've been fucking horribly abused um, in institutions? So basically. Uh, today they had the longest question time since federation oh wow yep the longest one that there has ever been the previous record was like 160 minutes or something I saw 
No, and 120. No, I don't know. So, so they they went for several hours, um, and and deliberately extended it so that they could push past the point where they could be you know forced to answer questions on anything, and it was just hours and hours of the government asking its own members Dorothy Dixes, uh, which again for the international audience, a Dorothy Dixer in question time is just asking a a friendly question to a to a member of your own party uh just just a softball question basically for them to well how are you doing such a good job of managing your portfolio <laughs> it's that kind of question yeah um uh ooh, could could you possibly list your top three successes at being great at the government <laughs> how did your muscles get so big tell us about that yeah um <laughs> So, so Which again, I realise thinking about the start of our own podcast is probably not a great example. I did <laughs> want to hear about how your muscles are getting so good. They'll get bigger. They will get bigger. Um, so, so, yeah, basically, historically long question time done solely for the purpose of just burning time so that they would not be forced to debate an actual thing and risk losing a vote on it. A thing of substance as well. A thing that actually matters. And again, this brings people back around to the question of... So, you can't be in control of what laws get passed and what don't. So, you you don't schedule any days. And then on the days that you do have to sit, you deliberately run out the clock so that no legislation can be debated on one of the only single-digit sitting days of the year. It sure sounds a whole lot like they don't even want to be in government like I think you know Bill Shorten said something today one of the very few times that I'll approvingly quote Bill Shorten and he said something along the lines of like you know when you when you're not actually willing to come and sit then you are no longer you're no longer in government Mm. you are no longer governing once you reach this point of just we're going to do everything we can to avoid even being in the room. It's fucking wild. And I know I've said this before on this show, but the thing that I absolutely do not understand is why not just call an election earlier? Why not just... I Like, I've heard people say, you know, I'm sure it's just for Scott Morrison's vanity so he can just try and, you know, ring up the numbers on that how many days he was prime minister for because we all know he's fucking getting drummed out and he's going to go down history as one of the shittiest accidental pms of all time but even that just just makes me go like if this if this is the situation that you're in losing votes scheduling single digit sitting days and then just running out the clock when you are actually in there uh, like People can see this shit. People can see it. The news is talking about it. You know, like they're splashing these headlines of like humiliating historic defeat. And like that people are talking about this shit. I just don't understand what they think is to be gained by prolonging this in any way. Like, do they think that that suddenly something's going to come good for them and they're going to get a big bounce in the polls right before the election? Well, well, they might be using the secret. Maybe they're just <laughs> thinking positively about it. 
Might be getting their vision boards together. Yeah. Pos vibes, you know? You get the energy back that you put out into the universe. That is so true. That is so true. Mm. It's true in radio and it's true in life. (laughs) As are all things. Radio is a microcosm of life. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. People people come together and also things fall apart. That is the way of all flesh. (sighs) Well, that's just about going to do it for this week, I think, folks. Um, We did not even get time to get into uh, the insane One Nation drama, so I guess that's going to have to go on the bonus episode. I think so. Uh, So look forward to that. It might be on there. I think it will. Uh, we got to get into the sexual harassment scandals. So, uh, if you would like to get bonus episodes, if if you eventually figured out what this episode was about, and you would like to hear more, uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista uh, and sign up for only $5 a month. Get yourself an extra episode every week. You'll love it. You'll love it. I promise. You'll also gain access to our Discord, a place where the main uh, shitposting thread got so horny that I had to quarantine it to its own horny thread. Could you uh, and, and give then me that a, a brief synopsis of what happened there? Because I don't understand this at all. What unfolded? Well, okay. Oh so, the, so the 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 main thread ebbs and flows in horniness. During the daytimes, usually we're talking about we're talking about politics, we're talking about economics, we're talking about franking credits, talking about credits, frankly. But <laughs> in the nighttime, uh, the beast begins to rumble. I have a few mm. suspicions in my mind of particular friends, wives uh-huh. and lovers of the show that might well be horny instigators. That maybe, certainly uh, horny George... Uh, is an outlier, uh, far more hornier. <laughs> Should not be counted. Should not be counted. Um, but the the thread simply became too horny. I quarantined it to its own thread. That thread became uh, just astonishingly horny, um, almost immediately. Uh, and so I had to close that down. I feel like that the the steam was kind of blown off, so to speak. Um, and people get get back to their normal healthy lives as as pastors. Are you as talking teachers. about some sort of horny purge? <laughs> we we are. We look. It's not quite a horny purge, but we are doing a trial run. For okay, to understand what such a purge may look like, and and possibly what such a society without sex afterwards, um, utopia as that might be, um, might take form as. Mm. So well, that's part of if you if you pay five dollars you get access to the Discord is basically what we're saying. Yes, yeah, if you want to if you want to see what, not, what that horror show is all about. Uh, if this sounds great to you for what we've just described, it's exactly what it sounds like. If that sounds horrible to you, it's nothing like what we've just described. It's completely different. Very different. We Don't are take everything exaggerating so literally. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks. It's just joke. It's just Thanks. hyperbole, man. <laughs> I'm just yanking your chain. Don't Lighten yank. up. Just, Don't ever Just yank having a chain. tug of your crap. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> tooting your horn, my friend. Take her Ooh. easy, pal. 
Well, thanks, folks. Uh, we'll see you on the bonus episode, or failing that, we'll see you next week. Or if you just really didn't like the show and stopped listening ages ago, we'll probably never. Well, they had to listen to the whole hour to work out what it was about because we didn't announce it. And if you stopped listening ages ago, I feel like this part might be lost on you. So true. (laughs) Alright, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Good night. Oh. Or morning. Good morning, depending on. Good day. That's not good. Thank you.